you've got this conglomeration of parts that you put together you may learn that some of them just don't work well together yeah and if you spent any time on a dyno or any time building cars it's like you could either chase it and it's going to cost you a fortune or you can correct the problem uh, welcome back to another episode on Modify with Trick Factory Customs. I forgot the name of our podcast for one second, <laughs> but uh, we're a custom shop based here in uh, British Columbia, Canada, and uh, we talk about modified cars. We offend uh, people with idea or thoughts that we have. Not by intent. Oftentimes, no. we don't no, make it. Don't make it seem like we're going out to offend people. We're not trying. I know it just, just expressing our, our opinions, mm, heartfelt emotions. But it's, it's uh, a one way street, though. I'm currently in a conversation with somebody that oh, doesn't gosh. necessarily appreciate my opinion mm. and now he's upset that i don't agree with his opinion <laughs> oh so he's like if you don't like it just keep walking i was like well you didn't keep walking you commented, yeah, you commented on, on, it. on it you started so, this. so you started this you didn't need to you could just keep walking <laughs> yes and so um on this episode we are going to be talking about tuners or tuning um, all about that because uh, Tim just recently had uh, a dyno appointment and um, or a dyno experience with his car. And uh, yeah, if you do not know, he has a very high horsepower Mercedes 190E. It's a twin turbo LS. The bottom end can make 2000 horsepower. Um, but, and it was a SEMA car and he, and uh, yeah, so we're going to be talking about that because in the time that he's owned that he hasn't gotten the ability or he hasn't gotten the chance to actually like rip, rip. i mean you've driven it a few times but yeah we're going to talk about say, it. Not, <laughs> to it not to its fullest potential not to because it's, it not has to been even driven, half of it has its potential. been ripped yeah it's it's laid down some serious fucking serious rubber on the road yes um but uh you went uh for tuning or you went to have your car tuned because it was what did you have in it before was it just a just a basic tune okay and so yeah where it was an interesting experience and it was uh filled with emotions and tears i'm not tears but <laughs> i wouldn't say tears but it's not tears a kick in the nuts yes and so we're going to talk about just dynoing things or like the whole tuning process and uh yeah so it's gonna be a little not a little bit technical but not really it's gonna be more because you've had cars blow up on the dyno yeah it's very well. common that's yes. why they make you sign a waiver sick <laughs> so we're gonna all talk about that we're gonna talk about good turner good good tuners bad tuners all of that and i i guess how you can navigate if you ever want to get your car tuned uh what you need to know to get your car tuned and dynoed and things yeah you just things you should know so you don't blow up your car, pretty much. Right. <laughs> so with that said, let's get started. Um, so how has the week been? What's been happening? We're cleaning house right now. Yes. We Getting are- rid of uh, people's mm. leftover bits and dead projects and- Yeah, because you started the, a Trick Factory Swap Meet. Is that the name of the Instagram page? Yeah, Trick Factory Swap Meet. Yeah, Trick. so if you want to check it out, Trick Factory Swap Meet, that's where we're putting all the things that we're- cleaning house yes <laughs> and so yeah uh There's lots of new stuff lots of used stuff mm -hmm. lots of takeoff stuff yeah it's a bit of a process so you know as we and if it's up there it's still for sale yeah so i mean we we've, we've been in business now for coming on you know 20 some odd years i, I don't want to say almost it. 20 years it, it's a thing right so we've we have a lot of takeoff things we have a lot of 
you know, things that at one point in time we thought were treasure. We had to mm. keep these things. We had grand visions for projects that we wanted to do. So we saved a whole bunch of stuff. And uh, we're in a point right now where we're just kind of trying to get our space back. There's some stuff from like classic cars, but there's also some stuff from modern stuff. Like you're getting rid of Lamborghini seats, I saw. <laughs> That's right. And so, um, yeah, Lamborghini Euro seats. Uh, so you can. No, we're not putting them in the Euro. <laughs> If no, you we're check not. out the page and see what they cost, that's why we're not. Yeah, they are uh, extremely expensive. Yes. Uh, so <laughs> we got a seat sponsor. So yeah. for our Euro project, which is if you're listening for the first time or you're new to this, our uh, Lamborghini Euro Chevy Tahoe body swap project, uh, chassis swap project. And which so, was the first evolution of cleaning up things that had been sitting around forever. So that's how that inception of that project even happened. That's mm -hmm. exactly right. So oh. it was uh, an accumulation of parts that we just been a uh, just been collecting. Yeah. I guess we're also selling some cars too, right? The 190 well, there, there, oh, there is yeah, one. There is yeah, a, there's a 190e on, on yeah, there, yeah. <laughs> and no, it's not the Evil Evo. So, no, 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 that's not uh, for sale. Or a 2516, so no, it's not yeah, one of those not either. Not for sale. No, but uh, still a 190. It's a good yeah. project car for anybody. So, so stay, check it out on Instagram. On yeah, yeah you check, wanna, it you check it out. Trick Factory Swap Meet on Instagram, um, and then this week as well. Speaking of 190s, we've also been working on the 190. Yep, the 2.516 is finished paints and final assembly. So hopefully we're waiting on a few parts for it, but should be going home soon. Oh, back to well, Ireland. Oh, okay. Yeah. So it's gonna, it's not gonna go together with the car it came with because there were two. No, we're gonna send it okay. home in advance. Okay. They came together, but that one's gonna go home. He can start driving that one, and then we're gonna get deep into the other one. So okay, yeah, because the other one is is kind of like a, a version or a, a slight variation of the Evil Evo. That's what he intended. So, but it has the the supercharged M113 engine, and uh, we're reinventing a few of the things that we learned along the way during the Evil Evo. And yeah, that one's coming up next, but coming back around full circles, we need more space. Yes. So we got to get into it, so we're cleaning house. Mm -hmm. But with that said, we're just gonna dive right into the topic of conversation, uh, which is dyno or dyno slash tuning, all of that stuff. And again, this is very fresh on our minds because Tim, you just tuned your car. Mm, no. <laughs> or, or no, not no, I did not tune my car. Okay, um, so just walk us through everything. First of all, because I'm looking at it from people that might not that might not have listened to us before. And so if you're listening for the first time or you're new, welcome. Yes. Um, so what is your car? And yeah, just tell us the, you know, spark my notes car? about it. Yeah, My car is a 1990 Mercedes 190E that I put a twin turbo Texas Speed LS in. Yes. So, yeah. That's it. Yeah, I feel like he, he simplified it. it. He simplified so, it. So more details. So come more on. details. At, at Texas speed. It has a 408 stroker. Okay. Precision twin turbos. Mm -hmm. Yes. The packaging is very, very tight. Extremely which comes with tight. its own challenges, but was built to a specific aesthetic. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. then now we've put a daily dry sump system in it. Mm -hmm. What else did we do? Yeah. Radiators in the back because of space. Radiators in the back. So that comes with a whole host of challenges. Intercoolers up front. Now we're just trying to put a tune in it, but ultimately discovered that my current ECU is not capable of doing what I need it to do. 
Okay. So I have an LME intake with twin drive-by wire throttle bodies. My ECU is just doesn't want to play with it. And are, we, are you allowed to say what ECU it is? <laughs> yeah, it's an AEM Affinity, which is not the best. But at the time, they had reached out to sponsor us. So we used it. We gave it a try because it was the newest, latest, and greatest one they had at the time. And it's not, I don't think it's a bad ECU. It's just not capable of doing what I need it to do. So when we went to the dyno, we had a, a really, really sort of world-renowned tuner. What's you know, his name? On hand, and we'll get into that. But like, okay, we'll get. Into he, that later. he basically okay. was talking about how the the AEM Infinity mm-hmm. is a is not a bad ECU in any regard at all. It's just there. There's lots of sort of. It's actually not tunable enough. Really? Yes. Because so, it's, it's built for sort of entry level tuner, so it has a lot of fail safes in it. Yes. That you can't adjust those parameters. So my car worked just outside of those parameters but because those parameters are hard set we weren't able to move them so once you get into a better quality not a better quality a higher end more tunable ecu like an mtron or a motec or a haltech any of these ones you can but that's outside of what is considered the safety zone so am was making ecus that so that you couldn't really hurt your stuff so it kind of built it in for people to try to learn and develop on their own mm-hmm, mm-hmm. whereas these other ones they'll let you do anything you, you want and if you've cooked your stuff you'll cook your stuff so mine was like just a hair outside of that hard set mm. which would be fine it's totally fine yeah if like, you know what you're doing but mm. it wouldn't let us change it yeah yeah i mean because and really the only only major holdback that you had was because you had the twin twin drive by, by wires. wires. Oh, and, okay. And, but, but otherwise, outside of that, like every other feature in the AEM Infinity was tunable, and you could make tons of power yeah. with your engine turbo setup. Everything was great, and you could you know sleep easy knowing that you had all the fail safes in place. But the situation was what it was, and you know Tim just needs a little bit more tunability. Sadly, the AEM Infinity has to come out of the car. No. Yeah. So, oh, I mean, no. if anybody doesn't really know, like, having a dyno day is not a cheap thing. It's it's a major event. And, uh, yeah, you're paying whether you get your numbers or not. Because you're paying for time. <laughs> and you're paying for the use of the machine. Yeah. And a lot of times you're going to the dyno just to run your car and get a number. So there's very, there's a whole bunch of different levels to a dyno. You can go to the dyno, run your car, find out what your numbers are. It might cost you 200 bucks, 150 bucks. Yeah, there's and there's there's tons of dyno places out there in the world that'll just run your run your car to give you a sheet. This is your sheet, this is how much power you And then you, you can take that data logging home and make your own adjustments. Mm. But in my instance, because my car is what it is, I had an opportunity to have like, I guess, like, He's in the top 10 tuners in the world. He There's literally NDAs with, so for cool. the stuff that this guy's tuning. So we can't really discuss that part, but I'm paying him. I'm paying for the dyno time. So it's an expensive thing. So when I hear a lot of these people just, you know, casually like, oh, you just got to do this and this and this. And it's like, I think that day was a $3,000 day. <laughs> and I left without... <laughs> anything i left with a bunch of information knowing what i needed to correct but when you're not leaving with that sheet or you're not leaving with a hard part in your hand it's like 
like uh, you feel like you're leaving with nothing but in reality I was given the solution to my problem and that's what I was paying for just because it wasn't a positive solution mm. and it's going to take even more money it's like that's the reality of what it is because you're going to learn and it's not necessarily ECU when you're taking this and you've got this conglomeration of parts that you put together you may learn that some of them just don't work well together yeah and if you spent any time on a dyno or any time building cars it's like you could either chase it and it's going to cost you a fortune or you can correct the problem so some people get hooked on like i want this giant turbo next thing you know you're buying all this stuff to try to make that turbo work and that's a, like literally there's a car there i was going to tell you while we were about there that. yeah <laughs> and that thing spiraled out of control and then they had to bring this guy in multiple times so they continued to correct because he decided he wanted this big giant thing and then now it's just a money pit yeah yeah yeah. because that car it and was then the worst thing is is that car is being built for i don't know i can't remember the number 1500 or 2000 horsepower and when we left that day i think it made 750 mm -hmm. so that was and which then, is a lot of power still no it oh, is 100 but they corrected a couple things and then boom it made a thousand but it's still not 2000 mm. yeah when, when you add up the total cost of parts acquired for that particular project you know 750 or a thousand horsepower leaves you really really disappointed mm. you're like man i i'm like that guy's heavily invested not only financially but just time and like the the anguish like can you imagine the strike like he's so stressed you could see it in his yeah, face when, oh, you have, no. when you have a high level tuner like that it's like he can almost tell the problems you're gonna have before it's even on the dyno. Why, just by seeing the parts? Just by seeing the parts. Wow. Like, oh, that, 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 that's not gonna play well together. <laughs> no, wow. we can make it work as best we can, but this is not optimal. Mm. So a big takeaway that I had from it was, yeah, this is a fucking hot setup. This is the only problem that we have. So I was like, Whew, man, I'm in this deep. <laughs> and I spent yeah. all this money building this stuff and I yeah, just yeah, had yeah. somebody tell me like, yes, this is gonna fucking rock that's amazing yeah so it's like i had that as a takeaway so okay mechanically i'm good everything's perfect mm -hmm. sorted i just need to get a little more tunability mm -hmm. but that's invaluable because what if i go do something and then melt down my fifty thousand yeah. dollar engine yeah so you got to think of it as like it's cheap <laughs> like in reality it's cheap because yeah. i wouldn't want some other person in there because i've had it where it's like literally a guy called me and is like Okay, I think I heard a little bit of a noise. So like, okay, we'll leave it then. And then it's like 20 minutes later, like we did one more poll and the thing's blown up. Oh my God. Yeah. Like, awesome. <laughs> Thanks, man. Like, that's a bad tuner. Like, oh. I, th I think that, uh, especially like when choosing a tuner, like, I, so I personally don't have a ton of experience, but like based on like, logically you you should you should choose a tuner based on the merit of what they've accomplished hmm. i mean that goes without saying it's like so, anything it's like back to our other topic it's like you wouldn't do home renovations without checking references no like hey man can i call one of your previous customers and see what their experience is like you should do the exact same thing with a tuner because i always find that these tuners that are like oh this guy's it's always their car so they don't tell you how many, the infinite amount of time they have oh, into their okay. car to achieve this. Whereas you can't afford that because when you're paying, it's like, I can't afford a hundred hours of this guy's time for him to make, you know, I got to get this Maybe done in a day. Yeah. yeah. So. Well, yeah. Yeah. And you, like you said, like when you, when you 
say you get a parts list of all your parts and your tuner looks at it and says, okay, based on this parts list and what I see here, you know, as far as like the build quality, this is going to be excellent or we're going to have some issues and like a really, really good tuner will know right away. Like because you chose this thing right here and all these parts are not going to play very well together or it's going to be awesome. Mm. So you'll know. So is it for the tuner, is it standard practice for them to ask you for a parts list? Mm, Well, it depends what you're doing. So like this particular guy, 100% asked in advance, like, okay, what are we working on? But if you're just going to get a dyno sheet to see how much horsepower your car makes, then no, they just put it on, you sign the waiver, and it's like, we're going to send it. And then if it blows up, it's on you. But <laughs> if you're trying to get it tuned, yeah, yeah. then they'll generally ask you in advance so that they know what they're dealing with when you get it there. Yeah, anybody truly fucking capable or a professional is going to ask, like, you know, the history of the engine and, like, even, like, how often do you do your oil changes? What mm, oil do you use? Mm. You know, what is the life of this vehicle, this engine? And, you know, they'll they'll know. And what's your purpose? Right away. Like, what is, and what is your intention? Exactly? You want to drive this thing around? Oh, okay. Do you okay. want just peak power at full throttle? Like, we rarely, rarely tune things for peak power mm-hmm. because it makes them undrivable half the time. Yep. And when you're sitting in traffic and pulling away from stoplights and all this kind of stuff, it's like, like, this guy does he tunes for all of that and then if you want to tune for peak horsepower that's a completely different tune they're never the same there's never like a street tune and the peak horsepower tune are never the same tune. you can't you can't have everything you want you like everything, everything. <laughs> you can't because no. it makes it undrivable mm-hmm. well it's like a yeah it's like a like a, a balancing beam right mm-hmm. i mean if you choose one thing more than the other then there's going to be an out of balance you go for peak power on the street it's going to be undrivable you want torque versus horsepower versus like drivability versus like all of those things. Torque, but that horsepower. comes down to a good tuner because there's going to be parts that just won't be able to provide that mm. exactly at all. Like you put some giant turbo on it and it's like this thing will never be streetable. Yeah. Like it's, you know, it's either going to be a dog off the line and then be a light switch on the top end or yeah it's just it's never going to work so you have to be realistic in what your intended use is Mm -hmm. so if you bring some big crazy billeted block giant turbo and it's like i want to be able to drive this on the street it's like no you're not going to be able to it's going to overheat it's going to be a dog off the bottom end it's going to have all these inherent problems because of what you chose that but if you're like hey i want to go to the track and bang nine second passes, seven second passes, like, yeah, this is the setup. Mm-hmm. And then you need to find a tuner that can tell you that. And yeah. it's like, this particular guy, not to keep going back to him, it's like, it's basic math. Like, he knows all the math. It's like, oh, you're running this, 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 this. Yep, you're gonna make this much horsepower. Even before he- Even before he's <laughs> even on the dyno. Anything. That's so it's cool. It's like, yeah, this thing should do a thousand, no problem. Mm-hmm. That's it. Wow. And it's like, you can't lie and you can't fudge it. You can't guess. It's like, oh man, I hope it's going to make 13. It's like, no, it will not make 13 based on these hard parts. Mm -hmm. And then you get these other guys. It's like, they're just trying stuff. It's like run, try some stuff. It's like, they don't know what they're doing. Yeah. It's just, yeah, there's levels to it. And then like a lot of these tunes that you can buy again are based on very specific parts. Mm hmm. And then you know exactly what you can anticipate getting. Yeah. 
And so, like, have you guys had a car blow up on the dyno? And what was that whole thing? We haven't really had one blow up on the dyno. We've had mechanical failures. Like, we've had one spin mm-hmm. rod bearings. Isn't that blowing up, though? It is technically <laughs> blowing up, but it's not because it's, okay. like, we it's haven't had like one of those dyno fail videos. Oh, no, it wasn't, <laughs> like, fireballs no. and everything. Okay. Nothing cool. No. Mm, okay. We've never had anything blow up because of a bad setup. Mm-hmm. We've just had things have failed yeah Yeah, yeah. happens so like the rods and all of that stuff so like what car was that was that on like a specific car it's happened multiple times and what kind of tuner did you have then and did they tell you all of this stuff before it happened the waiver and you know okay so what does the waiver include waiver says we're gonna send it and if it blows up it's on you like you have to know that these things can happen and then that they're not responsible if you got bad bearings. Like, they have no way of knowing. Oh, my god! They can't look inside your engine and see what state it is. You might have a bottom end that's got 300,000 miles on it, and then oh, you go put a I turbo see. kit on it, and you fucking <laughs> blow the side out of it. It could be for any number of reasons. Right. I mean, like, this is the thing is, like, it's it's a slope that you have to sort of accept. And, like, if you unless you're going to go with, like a like, a really current you know, lifespan oil analysis and do all that kind of stuff, be super tech. Like, you know, some guys might know how to, to read that information, but most people don't. And most and most of them don't even care. There's like, yeah, sign the waiver, man. We'll mm. send it. But if you start burning holes and pistons and stuff, that's tuning. Really? 100% that's tuning. Huh. But that's very interesting. Okay. So... That's when it's on them, but still. I guess burning holes and pistons, that's like uh, usually like Like too much of something. Too little fuel, lean conditions. Yeah, Yeah, too much, too little. There's all cause all kinds of problems. So there's no one that you guys have met or no tuner that you guys have met that would have a like warranty on if anything goes wrong? Really? No. No, I would say this last guy was probably the craziest mm-hmm. because it was like he saw the the tiniest indication of maybe there's a problem and it was like stop let's check it wow not like oh well let's see if it goes away because <laughs> no, you find out it, it didn't go away by blowing a hole in your piston or I something i almost feel like we should probably tell the world who we're talking about yeah i know because I was this like, guy who is, is like this guy? he's legit well, he's one of the head tuners for mtron Oh, shoot. So he helped actually develop the ECU. That is so cool. So, I mean, you're not going to get a better guy. Like, not only can he tune, he creates the tuner. And if you guys do not know what, what is Mtron for people that might not know? Because I didn't know who Mtron was until you told me. Well, they're an ECU manufacturer as yeah. well. So tr- just ECUs they make? Yeah. Okay. So, but they, their ECU allow, is like more <clears throat> like race-based. Like okay. I wouldn't necessarily like you can use it in a street car, obviously, but it has enough ability for you to do all kinds of things. Mm. So yeah, and I think there's levels to it as well. Yeah, um, I, I feel it, like like going back, if I recalling some of the conversations with this guy, I should probably say his name. Yeah, but like what's he, his name? Um, his name's Adrian. Yeah, he's a super cool guy, but uh, so smart. You you it's mind blowing. Like the he can rattle off things. In a, in a moment and he just knows what's up but like he was talking about how the mtron like it's like infinitely tunable like infinitely you could That's do so awesome. anything with it and like it's it's like i was and I, I think about like a conversation that i had with steve like race car wiring steve yeah um because he's he's playing in in that world of like super high power 
all the time. Mm-hmm. It's kind of his, his main thing. Um, he talks about Mtron with, you know, reverence. Like he's like, this is, this really? is shit. like, you know, Motec has kind of like been the gold standard for so long, but it's very expensive. Most people don't need it or can't afford it because it's, it comes with all kinds of other issues. Mtron is kind of like your, like an entry point into that, it seems. Yeah, um, and they not. do a lot of like just absolutely amazing things with it. Mm. Yeah. The only reason I know Motec is from Fast and Furious. Yeah, yeah. for a Motec yeah. exhaust system. <laughs> oh, they exhaust don't system. Like, oh, there's no Motec <laughs> exhaust system. <laughs> Fast right, and the Furious fail. I know. I mean, we've been chasing M, like Motec since like way back in mm. the day. Yeah, but it's just way more than what you need. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so, like, what is the cost on some of these things? And is it worth it to, like, for example, so you can't go with the Holly Dominator? No, I could. Okay. No, you can. And but you can. The, the, the sort of the add-ons that you can get into with the Mtron is, like, traction control and torque vectoring and all these other sort of aspects oh. that you can add into that. Whereas with, like, the, the Terminator... It's a great ECU and it's super good, but it doesn't have the ability to do a lot of those things. Mm-hmm. And I think that the, so the Holly Dominator is kind of like the 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 Dominator, the big brother, yeah, right? the big mm-hmm. brother. It has it has way more like um, like sensor input mm-hmm. sort of things and stuff. I'm not super well versed in this, but Same. like you know, <laughs> listening to Steve talk about it, I'm just like wide eyed, like like kid, like whoa, that's so mm-hmm. cool. Mm-hmm. But like, sounds like you could do a lot of things with a with a Holly Dominator, so. No shit talking on it. We use Holly no, product. We quite use often, Holly. Actually. Yeah, there's Holly on the Euro. Uh, the nice as well. thing about a Holly is a lot of people can tune it. Mm-hmm. So like the Amtron yeah. system is like a whole nother platform that you got to find somebody that's familiar with it. Really? So I think so. that's a topic that actually makes a lot of sense to talk about. I'm like choosing an ECU for your project vehicle. You know, when you're that invested, make sure that you have access to a tuner that knows that ecu platform well mm. and if you do if you do have access to one then that's the one you should choose yeah yeah because there's a lot of elitism in tuning like <laughs> a lot true. of guys only want to yeah. tune mtech or motec and you know all these higher end ecus and then they don't want to touch any of these entry level sort of yeah. piggyback ones they don't want anything to do with them mm. and then you got to find one that people want to tune or able to tune. So mm-hmm. like Hollies, everybody knows how to tune a Holly. And I'd say the next is probably like Haltech. Haltech people are familiar with. Motec is just so expensive that not a lot of people tune it. Yeah, there's a big barrier to entry. Yeah, so like that's the next level is like that's full on race car stuff. Mm. Because the, their ECUs are like eight, ten, twelve thousand dollars $12,000. Yeah, US? then you have, then you have, then you have install. Oh my God. Gosh. And then you have the tuning part of it. Like, I mean, so you yes. start adding up all of these costs. It's it's outside the realm of what is like realistic. And like, generally you don't what's need needed. That. Like you don't need it. You don't so unless need you're like making finite adjustments to gain like tenths of a second, yeah. it's not really necessary. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Plus those guys are constantly tuning those things for different parameters. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. weather conditions, track conditions, elevations, all this kind of stuff. So it's like, you need that stuff. Yeah. Plus yeah, so it makes sense. the amount of stuff that comes with it is like, they got all kinds of like track telemetry, all kinds of stuff That is so cool. so like, that you can add into those systems. Whereas you don't need that on the street. Like it's just unnecessary. And mm-hmm. I feel like a lot of the other manufacturers, ECU manufacturers are starting to come on board with like a lot of these, 
these add on these add on you know advancements in, in like you know making it more and more complex and more tunable more data acquisition kind of stuff it sounds you know like there's there's they're all coming on board it's it's a thing that's accessible now and they're making it in modules so you can evolve. Oh, I see. Oh, you can yo, add that's things cool. in. Whereas before, it was like you had this, mm-hmm. and then you had the Motec. Yeah. Oh, okay. So the separation was just too crazy. Yeah, yeah. that's yeah. what it like, was like forever. Yeah, because you're looking, you're like, oh, two thousand dollars. That's not bad. What's an MTech? Like everyone's like, you should get a Motec. Oh god. And you look, and you're like, oh, yeah, no, I don't need a Motec. That's crazy. <laughs> that's insane. Yeah. yeah, but a lot of a lot of things have come a long ways. Um, it's. Man, it, it it always comes down to like who's gonna who's gonna be using the product, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know, and what the intention is. Like, I mean, we always talk about this. Like, what is the intention of your project? Yeah, you know, you need to know that. That's that's important, fundamental of everything. That's a very good point you mentioned because, like the the who is using it because you can still use the stock ECU. Of yes, of course. whatever you're doing, like it was, it's interesting because initially, like looking into ECUs, because I'm currently doing an LS swap, mm-hmm. and looking into ECUs, there's 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 just so much information out there, and you see so much, so many people that are like, oh, you should buy like a Holly, or you should buy like uh, what's it called, uh, Motec or something, or Haltech. I think Holly and on Haltech are like the ones that you get recommended the most, but. In my use case, for example, I just want a car that I could drive around. Like, I, it's going to be my daily driver. I'm not going to be taking it to the track. Maybe once in a while I might decide to do that, but probably not. But I don't think I need all of those things. And so, and also budget, it was also a big part of, part of it. <laughs> so big. Yeah. And so I was like, I don't want to spend freaking what? Like, a few, even 2000 bucks for me. Like, the Holly is pretty good but at like a thousand fifteen hundred two thousand bucks us but for me i, I was like it's kind well, of if your expensive. setup isn't constantly changing mm-hmm. there's no need for a lot of those things you can put a fixed tune in it mm-hmm. and it's great you yep. make a couple little changes you can change your tune a bit but i mean the idea that we're all just driving around with the honda with the laptop and the laptop's <laughs> always in the seat and we're just constantly messing with it yeah it's not reality no, like, no it's not a thing that's not a no. thing at all mm-hmm and so it is possible to get over and like an overkill setup for your use case and all of that, uh, depending on how you drive it. And so what I did was I was like, okay, I'm going to try to see if I can reuse the factory ECU. The only problem is if you're doing something like an engine swap, you need to figure out what you need, what you don't need and repin all of that for the ECU, like all the connectors, everything. And so I did my research and fortunately on the LS forums, there's, there's uh what's it called is i think it's lt1swap.com there's a there's a bunch of resources really yeah, yeah and this yeah. is just for one but i know that even like you can get uh there's a lot of for different ecus or depending on if you're doing ford or whatever this is just for chevy mm-hmm. and oh my gosh it was so cool like it was a whole process and you have to learn how to okay access the ecu and get these different softwares and make a what they call it like a bench harness and plug your ecu to the computer and like read it and like do all the all the things and do vats deletes and all of that but all the resources were out there so i think for me i would say and i did it and on my other ls jag i started it or i was like oh gosh hot fire extinguisher there just in case anything happens mm-hmm. because i don't know what i'm doing Smart. i'm just i'm just following a, a guide online 
and um, I flashed a tune into it. And it started off first try. And I was like, wow, yeah. crazy. This is so easy. <laughs> I know. Yeah. Yeah. No, so it was easy. not. You just had to it like, was not completely easy. reinvent. I know. Learn a whole and new learn a thing. whole new it's language. A whole new language and things. Yeah. But it was like one of those experiences that is valuable too. Mm-hmm. But I also didn't have the experience of like a tuner. So if anything went wrong, I would have no clue. And so I feel like that's where a tuner comes in. And so that's why, especially if you're doing any aftermarket parts, you might want to get the cartoon by someone that has done that before yeah. because you can easily just go in there, even on the, the OEM ECU, and you can mess a lot of stuff up. Well, the new stuff is tuned to such a high level now that there's not a massive amount of room in them. So it doesn't take much to hurt them. Mm. So it's like, you got to know what you're doing. <laughs> like it's not a joke. Like yeah. It's like, that's the final line of defense. It just make like, and you melt down a motor. That's cool. It's so insane. Because think about it. It's like, imagine if they gave, or they're just like someone were to tell me, hey, go, go tune a carburetor. I have no clue how to tune a carburetor. Yeah, but even tuning a carburetor, <laughs> you can ruin a motor. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't take much. Mm-hmm. Like two, you know, twist a screwdriver a couple, two times too many and you got problems. Yeah. But then think about the carburetor because the carburetor is tuned for a certain purpose. And so that's why sometimes whenever you go into high altitude or something, you have to retune it because of the air air fuel mixture and all that stuff but an ecu has all of that built in or supposedly should have all of that built depending on what ECU you go for and what tune you have but should be built in and so think about all of those computations and the amount of stuff you have and so if you don't know what you're doing you could easily mess something up and your motor is just going to go kaboom but you have to set all those parameters in too Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. as a starting point so that it works within a range yeah exactly so you if you don't do that and you go ahead up four (laughs) thousand feet you'll have problems yeah yeah. it's trying to work within a range and make corrections and if if it doesn't have the plus minus there (laughs) it's you got probably it'll just shut down that'll be it Mm mm-hmm so it's not like, and then that's where you get into a MoTeC where you can start moving those set points and moving where it's working. And then that's why you need those crazy computers. But if you got your piggyback one that you did yourself, you might run out of tunability <laughs> yeah. in there, not mm. be able to adjust for those types of things. Yeah, because I was curious initially. I'm like, why are people saying get an aftermarket ECU? Why don't you use the stock one? And so I hadn't found any of those limits. Like, I don't know like why. So like, for example, like why shouldn't i or why would someone choose to get yours is a different case scenario but for something like mine for example like well, why your stock ecu is not set up for boost oh okay. so you start adding power adders and stuff it doesn't know how to deal with it oh then i you see you gotta start changing sensors so your math sensor is not big enough you gotta get you know a two bar or three bar math sensor all these sort of things so that your computer can deal with the information that's being given with. So an ECU one was never intended, like a stock one was never intended really, like it'll play within a range, but unless you start making these other changes, it's gonna run out of tunability. Mm. Oh, that's so so interesting. Um, And then on your car, for example, why why don't you go with the, I mean, the look is there, but why didn't you just go with a single throttle ball? Or is that too late since you already have the dual? You can't do a dual to a single or something like that? No, well, I could, but I want the aesthetic of what mm. I have. Yeah, that's yeah, my yeah. setup. And yeah, that's it. Mm-hmm. There's no other reason. It's just, <laughs> I love the way it looks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then now I'm going to make it work. Mm-hmm. So 
right now I'm kind of at the point where it's like, yes, I could buy a new snout for my intake. I could go to a single throttle body, but that's going to cost me how much? <laughs> Money to I go got to change yeah. my whole setup. There's a whole bunch of plumbing and changes that would need to be made, or I can choose to change the ECU. So the price difference is probably, it's, I wouldn't say it, it's still going to be more expensive for me to change my ECU, but it's not that much more. Because mm-hmm. yeah. to buy that new snout and do all these things is still several thousands of dollars. Yeah, and then I still have opportunity to sell my ECU. Oh, true. Yeah, I guess it's still good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's still good. It yeah. works perfect. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Buy another ECU. Luckily, I'm able to repin the ECU to my harness and reuse all those sensors. So it's not a complete loss. So I'm not rewiring the whole car. Mm-hmm. I can repin the plugs, put a new ECU in, and retain everything that I wanted. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. Yeah. But at the time, I asked them based on my setup, and they said it would be able to do it, oh. and it's not able to do it. Yeah. So that's the only downfall. To mm. me. Yeah. But I, I remember like like looking at the in the software there, it shows twin throttle body. Really? Oh, oh it does have the. It has it, an entire wizard to allow you to calibrate it. it. Oh, it just, okay. The differentiation between the two, because I'm running 103s, a pair of them. It just slightly. When you say go- 103 millimeters, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So it only just slightly goes out of what AEM is put in as a hard set point as a differentiation to put it into limp mode. Oh. And the problem is, is we could cheat it and make them both act as one. Yeah. But if one fails in some way, yeah, like that's go not to the good. fucking that's moon and I'm dead. Yeah. Like, I don't <laughs> yeah. want that. So it's like, it's not worth bypassing that. We just need to open those values up a little bit because you know these are big throttle bodies and the amount that we're talking the differentiation is very slight Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. so it's like if we create them as one and one does fail i could have a full throttle scenario and that would not be good no no No. so yeah no the 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 plan of action the, the parts choice and everything the aesthetic was all set and now we just have to find a way to make that work Mm mm-hmm so and even ultimately in my situation it's once i set this thing i'm gonna have more power than i would ever know what to do with so (laughs) it's not like i'm gonna be actively tuning this thing yeah yeah all the time Mm -hmm. so it's unnecessary really Mm -hmm. but you get it in your head that you need these things and you just need these things like i want to know that if I am going to make changes, I'm future proof. <laughs> You're not limited, exactly. And I can do anything I want. Yeah, 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 yeah. So that's the only reason why I'd go to a different ECU. I could put a Terminator Max in, and with my setup, I'd have no problem. Because mm-hmm. AEM, because something I heard, and to let me know if I'm if I'm wrong, but are they out of business or like did they? No, what they happened quit with AEM? Producing ECMs and ECUs. So they just don't support it anymore. No. That's so interesting. But they're still a company, though. Yeah, AEM is like... Well, they were bought out by Holly. Oh, That's why they shut down the ECU part because Holly already has their Terminator and Dominator platform. Yeah, and so the AEM itself is like more focused on the EV stuff now. I mean, that's cool, but that's also dumb on Holly's part, I think, because... Well, there's really no difference because those are both very capable ECUs. No, because, I mean, they already have a customer base and they have, yeah, like, you could own multiple companies and still support both sides and you still get revenue from both sides because now... No one is going to buy AEM that's not EV. I mean, AEM, EV, yeah, they're awesome. But like AEM, the regular ECU part with for ICE engines, no yeah. one is 
gonna so i feel like holly is not i don't know that's not yeah, it's gotta be it's, numbers it's, it behind sucks it. it sucks but like from manufacturing perspective it's less things that they have to focus that on creating that is true so i mean they're they're sensing like it from from both ways mm -hmm. and there's a replacement so it's like, yeah, how? we don't make this anymore, but we have this that you could use. Yeah. And it's of a similar price point. It's so actually cheaper, I think. The AEM? The Holly. The Holly. The Holly Terminator and Dominator. Mm. Yeah, it's cheaper than the AEM. Yeah, because actually the AEM was, was quite it's expensive. A, it's a pretty pricey ECU. Mm -hmm. but, uh, yeah. So it's not like they don't have a product to replace it that's just as capable and it's actually a cheaper part. Mm-hmm. I don't know, uh -huh. man. I don't know. I'm still not convinced. Yeah. I'm like, it's business. Again, maybe I might be wrong because I don't see the numbers on things. It's like when Ford decided to stop making SUV or cars, like regular cars, and now they only just produce SUVs in North America. And I'm like, Psh, why would they do that? But apparently, that's what numbers, people are buying. It's yeah, numbers. numbers and business and like, things. I don't think people running standalones is near as common as the internet makes it <laughs> yeah. Yeah, every, every it seems like everybody, everybody has everyone one. has one yeah but i mean just it's to get a you know an ecu wired from scratch is going to cost you several thousands of dollars mm. and a bunch of time so it's not just buying a standalone it's the wiring getting a nice harness getting your standalone tuned yeah by the time you're thing. done it's like <laughs> there's more into just putting a standalone in than most people have in their whole car yeah yeah so it's not it's not a cheap, not a cheap or common thing. thing. How mm -hmm. many people do you know that have standalones? Not a lot, actually. Yeah, probably two, <laughs> and I know two. Yeah, and you probably know two. <laughs> Other than that, it's not like aside from like a lot of these resto mod builds that are running terminators. It's not like guys. I don't know a lot. I know, yeah, like two guys that are like actively tuning, building big power cars. Mm -hmm. That's it. Everybody else is just running stock ECMs, but tunes in them because they're the new ecus are amazing in cars yeah and they're still reliable because i had a friend of mine that actually had the standalone uh she uses holly uh she has a, a really cool car but uh i was chatting with her and she was like oh yeah like this ecu is cool and then i met up with her at an autocross afterwards and then she was like uh yeah like she if she had known what she knows now she would probably just have gone the stock oem stock because OEM, according to her, I don't, I didn't understand it at the time, but and I still don't maybe understand what she said. Quite said, but she said um, that the OEM one has so many more things that it's that you can do. As a, like the Holly is very specific; it's more specific than the OEM. The OEM has a lot more, not tunes, but it has a lot more. I forgot the word she used, but anyhow, she does autocross even and actually uses her car. But she was like, yeah, like if she had known, she would have just gone for the stock or mm -hmm. the OEM ECU. But it, again, it's already, she was already so deep into it and she had rewired the whole car and all of that. And so she was like, yeah, I'm probably not going to, but because of yeah. I'm so deep into this but you're, part of things. It's getting a lot more common now. You're seeing a lot more people investing money into stock ecus mm -hmm. so yeah 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 i, I mean because it's, how can how awesome can, like how can you get you... some of these units from like bosch and all these guys like they put in an amazing amount of money millions of month of dollars just the capabilities of the unit yeah not necessarily the tunes but what it's actually able mm -hmm, to do mm -hmm. and you can't re reproduce that for a couple thousand bucks you no know? that's why a lot of these crazy companies tuning companies are building tunes and 
add-ons to those ecus because they're so good mm -hmm. like piggybacks almost piggybacks mm -hmm. almost and working with what's in there already yeah yeah the the capability and like the processing speed yeah process of all of these all things like like i don't know enough about this stuff to talk to <laughs> too much about yeah. it but like I, I, I remember hearing some conversations about like processing speed and how fast it can compute these things like you just can't compete like oem is they've they've, yeah, they've, in, been, they've invested uh, like like just staggering amounts of money, of money in yeah, developing you can't, things that, you oh. can't compete with that they've been developing fuel injection since like <laughs> yeah. the 80s. 80s yeah it's like right. 40 years of development and you think you're going to come out with an ecu just you know, that's going to compete. You can't. Mm -hmm. So you get into like the aftermarket stuff and it's like you're saying, like how she's describing, like, I wish I would have just stuck with OEM because like you're, you're, the balance is more shifted into being more like, it's more laser focused in, in the, the standalone one compared mm -hmm. to OEM. It's, yeah. Plus you have a, yeah, something that was developed specifically for that vehicle. Yeah. So everything else kind of comp is being compromised. That's well, true. Not everything, but like a lot, some other things might be compromised because of that one choice. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so what ECU did you decide to go with? Have you decided yet? Not really. Mm. That's one of those things. Like it's a deep dive. Yeah. Like obviously I'd love to go with the Mtron, but I just don't know if I need it or not. Yeah. So I'm still kind of like, mm. Like I got to figure out what my intent for the car is. Mm. So I want to make some changes to the car. So do maybe I need to go that way. And just basically more probably I will go with the Mtron just because of the torque management aspect of it. <laughs> and because of just the ridiculous amount of horsepower my car yeah. does have, yeah, yeah. I don't want it to be undrivable. Mm. So yeah. to be able to make it properly drivable with that level of horsepower I almost have to go with an Mtron or an M a Motec just to make make it drivable. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And based on our experience talking with um, Adrian about it, it just makes it seem like it makes it makes so much sense. I mean, we're we're kind of the mindset where we don't want things to have failures. We want to make sure that like when it's set, you can almost forget about it. Mm -hmm. So yeah, that's yeah. kind of the torque management of part of it is a really big thing for me. Mm. Yeah, you don't want to die. Well, you don't want I to mean, die, and you want it to be fun. Yeah, you don't want to be terrified every. I mean, you kind of do, but not not every time. <laughs> yeah. well, you want it to be terrifying when enough, you want it to be exactly. <laughs> and that's another thing. A lot of these ECUs now give you opportunity to put multiple tunes in, yeah, mm -hmm. without having to tune it. Yeah, like you can put the tunes in, and you can toggle through the tunes based on your current needs. That's pretty awesome. Rather than this laptop in the driver passenger seat trying to, you know, oh, load I gotta tunes stop, on the fly. <laughs> gotta load a different tune in. Yeah, yeah. Like nobody wants to do that. That's no. not reality. Mm -hmm. Like we've we've progressed way beyond that. So yeah, I think that's one of the like the step ups from like an OEM flash type situation, right? If you do decide to commit to aftermarket and you go that route, like yes, like you said. You can have multiple tunes for multiple situations and multiple, yeah, you just, multiple levels of I feel like this conversation fun. is going to get dismissed because we're talking about these upper antique. Like that whole laptop <laughs> Honda thing is awesome. Like, yeah. It. Because it's a learning curve and you need to learn and yeah. understand exactly what you're doing. And right away, that will give you all the information to tell you if what you're doing is right. Mm-hmm. So, oh, yes, so it's yeah. a progression. Like we've done all those things, piggybacks, tunes, all that kind of stuff, mess with all that stuff. And it's like, 
it's a whole nother thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's lots of there's lots of like relatively inexpensive ones out there. Like, you know, one of our one of our coworkers back in the day, he got really really, you know, intimate with playing around with Mega Squirt. Like, oh it's, yeah, it, I and forgot it's, about it's a, Mega Squirt. It's, yeah. a, it's relatively inexpensive and it works. It yeah, does yeah. all the things. The only thing is, is that you have to learn the terminology and everything of everything. all of those yeah. things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You he need was to changing set. little things, and it's like. Hey, how'd your tune go? Well, I changed two things and I sat on the side of the road for an hour and a half <laughs> figuring out what I did because my car wouldn't start. Yeah. Oh my God. So, so you like, have to be of a mentality, right? Yeah, yeah, to yeah. want to do that. Mm-hmm. Like, and, and so like a lot of the times we always circle back because we're a business. We don't got time to do that. We don't want to do that. Because mm-hmm. so we'll you'll open it and it'll ask you, if, you're like, I don't even know what that is. <laughs> yeah, buddy, and it's yeah, like there's yeah, yeah. a menu this long of oh all. Oh my gosh! Like, all the parameters. So I have things. a huge amount of respect for tuners. Yeah, like a huge right. amount because there's when you get into the upper end and you're making finite adjustments to make an actual like a really killer tune. It's a massive amount. Yeah, of the sky is the limit. It's, it's so, so much, much information so much. and knowing how what that information is because you're not just tuning, moving things around. Like there's so many things. Like mm-hmm. half the stuff. Like you got to be able to set up all your stuff before you can even start tuning and half mm-hmm. the time you don't even know what that means yeah it's like ohm ratings and impedance yeah. and all this kind of stuff and like setting up sensors and well it's a lot man it's so you got to be pretty smart like like you got to be a pretty intelligent person mm-hmm. to like deep dive into tuning and the world of tuning like i respect those people man and if you're like interested it's, it's a thing in it too i was always going to talk about like HPA Horsepower Academy. Yeah, they have a lot of videos on or like resources on yep. if you want to learn how to tune your car with no experience, and they offer some really cool resources. At actually, they have really good deals. I think around this like holiday time, they have some really good deals. And so, yeah, most people listening or watching probably knows of HPA, mm-hmm. like High Performance Academy. Yeah, but if you don't, they're online. Uh, like learning. We're not being paid thing. by them. No, no we're not. It's just a resource. We yeah, just yeah, respect. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. I listen to their podcasts all the time mm-hmm. and I've watched a lot of their videos. They're great. So, and there's lots of, uh, simulators now. And a yeah. lot of these ECUs will have simulators. So you can almost make changes based on data that you've collected and then run a simulation. Oh, so it'll tell you. So like that's, probably saved an immense amount of parts. <laughs> so like, yeah. I mean, there's lots of play ways to get into it, but mm-hmm. I mean, we kind of went off the whole dyno thing, but the dyno thing, just to get back to it really quickly, it will expose any weaknesses you have. Yep. It'll tell you where your heat's being built up. It'll like right away, you'll be burning hoses and this and that. Oh, I got to move this. I got to move that. And it's like hot spots. All these kind of things like will be exposed on the dyno. Mm-hmm. And it is not a good time. No, because I remember telling or when we were pushing the or when we we're getting when we we're getting the Evo into the trailer. I was like, oh, sweet dino day. This is going to be so much fun because my perception on YouTube has always been, oh, you just go there, you make power. And everyone is like, yeah, yeah. thousand horsepower. A couple of clicks on the laptop <laughs> and you're just making power every yeah. run, every And run. Tim more, was so more, stressed. More, more. He was like, um, uh, yeah, I'm not, <laughs> I'm not optimistic yeah. about this. No, because you'll find leaks. You'll find all kinds of little things like it would because you're stress testing your car. Yep. And it will expose all of the weaknesses. Mm-hmm. I mean, you try to do diligence by like 
running your car through heat cycles and everything long before you ever go to a dyno so that you if can smart, find all those things right but like i mean mm-hmm. you like will it, have a dyno checklist yeah if, if if you're like if you're like oh shit i'm building my project but i have a dyno scheduled you know maybe it was the only day that you had mm. available to to have that tuner available to have that slot on the dyno available and you had to like push yourself to like achieve you know that deadline you and know you better if, be ready to answer the questions when, <laughs> when you show up at the dyno like i'm you're hoping and praying that like you don't have any leaks you don't have any problems your engine doesn't you know, blow up <laughs> you know but hopefully you you don't you know run into that situation you've managed to like heat cycle it and find out like all the things make sure you got extra plugs yeah, change your oil you get there it's like you know, what spark plug heat range are you running? You know, what do you have them gapped at? What know. is this? And you're like, <laughs> I don't uh, know. What's right. your fuel pressure at? What's this at? What's that? Like, what size pumps are you running? Like, all these things so that they know what what they're working in. Yeah. So there's a lot to it. It's not just showing up and making horsepower. Mm-hmm. Like, I'll bet you for every one of those crazy horsepower videos, there's 10 dyno sessions. <laughs> Like, call me out. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. Tell yeah. me you banged it out the first time. <laughs> no. And I will call you a liar. No. <laughs> so for every one of those thousand wheel horsepower dyno poles that we watch, which we all love, mm-hmm. which is why we do it, there's probably 10 sessions before that. Yeah. Adjust, 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 adjust. adjust. And then a lot of times you'll find out other weaknesses. It's not just engine stuff. You might drop a rear end or wipe out bearings or twist the drive shaft there's all kinds of things that can happen you will find all the weak points yeah if you're chasing that mm-hmm. but a lot of times we'll just do right like hey we want a nice drivable street tune and then we've seen the difference between what is a nice driving car and peak horsepower it can be like a hundred horsepower oh yeah so it's like oh yeah <laughs> this car is amazing to drive mm-hmm. and then you don't even really notice the difference to be honest like a hundred is a lot but it's a much more pleasant car to drive. And a lot of times you're not giving up a huge amount. You're not feeling it in the seat of your pants anyway. So chasing that extra 30 horsepower and having a bad driving experience is not worth it. Because mm-hmm. even, I was, I'm looking back to the Chevelle that we went to go like- uh, It didn't even make it on the dyno. No, that was just a tune. Yeah, he drove it around the neighborhood. Crazy. Put a tune in it and the thing, that guy's over the moon with Crazy, it. Crazy, because I and I and I literally remember what it felt like before, before the tune and after. It, if you don't know, it was like a crate LS that we got on the Chevelle that we built, um, and yeah, and so the before and the after was mind blowing because I was like, oh yeah, it feels nice, like mm-hmm. the power band feels good and all that. And then when after uh, Jay got it tuned and you drove it later i was like oh my gosh it's so much smoother the coolest thing about the thing is like when they do tickle the keys and yeah. you hear it the engine the yeah the idle, yeah. Like, yeah yeah you know something is happening but the dyno will hurt your feelings yeah yeah like, everybody that does like the the guy math it's like oh this is good for 25 this is good for 40 this is good for 15 so i have 550 horsepower and no. then you go there and it's like you got 318 <laughs> It's like a kick in the nuts. <laughs> if it doesn't blow up. If it doesn't blow up. Yeah. So generally, I'd say your first dyno visit, if you've done a build and used a bunch of aftermarket parts, you're probably going to get sent home without a number. Yeah. They're like, go home, 
correct these things and then come back mm -hmm. and you pay for that time too <laughs> so yeah and i think that's probably pretty safe to imagine this so it's, i would put thing. that in your process like hey we're gonna take this there find out where we got weak points and then we'll come back for horsepower yeah and with that said i think that's it anything else you guys want to add Mm, no sweet mm. <laughs> <laughs> if you like this video if like this podcast if you're into S&M uh, hit up a dyno what's S&M? <laughs> <laughs> that, it's okay Elvis okay. is pure. So, <laughs> you're so pure <laughs> after Google let me see no yeah, maybe I'll do it Google it Google it let Elvis I'm, know I'm, what I'm kind of scared now I'm kind of scared S&M smm I don't know. No. I'm trying to remember. If you know what SNM is, yeah, let me know. Yeah, put it in the comments. Oh, gosh. I'm kind of scared now. Make up your own. Let's hear it. Oh, gosh. I don't know. I'm trying to think of acronyms. S uh, sweet music. I don't know. Oh. If you're into sweet music. It basically, it's people that like to give pain and people that like to receive pain. Oh. That, oh, that's... That's a thing. That's a thing. Oh, interesting. <laughs> that's it. There's that's usually a, a lot of leather real. involved. Oh my God. And oh, Elvis. Oh, oh, Elvis. That's, oh that is a very different podcast. <laughs> 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 that's it. We will see you guys next week. Bye.